I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. 32 teams in 32 days, breaking down every team in the NFL for you before the kickoff of the 2021 fantasy football season. Hope you're enjoying that week one preseason, folks. I know I am in the background. If I sound a little distracted, that would be why. <laughs> but today, we're going to do something that we teased it in the last show. You, you did it. You, you, you endured the Las Vegas show. And now we get to talk about something infinitely more interesting, the Miami Dolphins. But who am I? I'm Neil Smith, as always, with my colleague, Mr. Steve Bonham. Hello. And once again, as always, just to tee this up, everything we're going to talk about here today, in case this is your first time with us, is based on 12-team PPR, a.k.a. the new standard. We'll be referencing our own tools, as well as the Fantasy Pros ECR. Might even talk a little underdog best ball periodically. You never know. Uh, as we sit here and record this, it's the 14th of August. So if anything we say sounds a little bit dated, that might be why. Check out the wrap-up show that'll be going up right before the season starts, right before draft weekend. And we will update any takes that need to be updated uh, just as things continue to unfold. So everything we'll discuss should be viewed through that prism. And check us out at importantnonsense.com and importantnonsense.com Patreon. New for the 2021 season, our Patreon, for $1, $1 a month, you can join and you can get into our Discord, where we have us, all of our experts, a whole bunch of people for you to talk to, like-minded fans. If you have questions about your team, if you have questions about a trade, if you just want to talk to people about fantasy football, hit us up through the Patreon, and we will be happy to talk to you. Also, we'll be having some uh, some events and various things that you might be able to get involved in. and. Uh, just a whole bunch of fun stuff planned throughout the season, but let's get into Miami, Steve. Let's yep. let's give the people what they're here for. Once again, with quarterback, kick it off. Tua's back, year two of Tua. It's time. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick was there last year, and boy, did I enjoy that for very very selfish reasons. <laughs> yeah, man, that was great. So much fun. Uh, but he's on. He's he's out of there, and it's Tua's job now. Yep. Coming into year two. There were a lot of rumors in the offseason that maybe they're going to trade Tua. Maybe they're going to move on from it. He didn't play that well last year. Those rumors aren't dead yet. Those rumors aren't dead yet. They keep talking about it, but I don't know what they're <laughs> I don't know. It's a little late now. The season's about to start here in a couple weeks. So <laughs> I have a feeling that this is what we're going to get for 2021. And that is my opinion on the matter. I think it is Tua for 2021. I don't think that they're going to be able to get anything done in a meaningful way yeah. around that at this point. And this is what you're going to get. So. He also hasn't looked terrible. He's definitely looks like he's made some strides from last year to this right. year in terms of practice and stuff. And he didn't get an easy assignment last year with no preseason, no OTAs, the COVID year. So it's hard for me to oh, want to give Yeah, him- and it's it's important to remember, too, is last year at Alabama, Tua Tugavailoa had the hip injury mm-hmm. where he missed the end of that season and was coming in hurt. There was a lot of questions about if he'd even be ready for the start of the NFL season last year. So that like having the whole COVID situation derailed everything he was doing in terms of that rehab and getting his connection with everybody. So really he was just adapting on the fly as we went through the season. 
Yeah, and they pressed him into service because the team was actually decent and, you know, political reasons. The fan base usually wants it. That right. wants that type of stuff to happen. They want to see their see the new rookie. And while they had a decent season, you know, Miami was kind of a dark horse playoff contender, but not necessarily in a position to try and win now. So you might as well get get the kid in there, let him learn on the fly and uh, see what he had. It was up and down, a little touch and go. But I, this is it. it for me, for our website, I should say. He's the QB 20 and, you know, don't have too much in the way of pushback for that. For me, actually, he's also the QB 20. Yeah. It's funny. He's one spot behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> uh, it's uh, just a little, just a little thing there, but he should be fine, right? Yeah. We haven't projected for 4,000 yards and he gives you a little bit of a rushing floor. He's not exactly, you know, the Konami code quarterback that we talk about quite a bit around yeah. here, but he does move around a little bit. And I think frankly, it's, it's hard to want to give him a negative grade for last year, given everything that we laid out, especially you laid out a moment ago, right? right. He had a very uphill battle to trying right. to, to trying to figure this all out at game speed. So I'm willing to give him a little bit of a pass from what I've seen in the preseason so far and what the camera parts are, the game is slowing down a little bit, but yeah. we'll, we'll look better. And yeah, I've got so him at 18. Uh, ECR has him at 19 ADP is 22. So yeah, so we're, is so what the, it is. he's public, a decent QB out on with a good ceiling. Yeah, and the public's out on it. But if he was my QB2, I would be really happy about it. You know what I mean? I'd be fine with it. Because there's a yep. chance he has a certain upside that some of these other guys down in the 20s don't have. So I'd be okay with it. And frankly, even if you don't get that upside, I don't think he's bad enough to crater out any of your skill position players, which we can just move right into at this point because there's nobody behind Tua. There's nobody else there that you're afraid. He's got Jacoby Brissett. But I don't view Jacoby right. Brissett as somebody who's going to come in and take famous Jewish. Indianapolis. Colts. Yes, Jacoby. we've seen we've seen a lot of Jacoby Brissett. And Goal line running back Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think he's not he's not a threat to taking away Tua's job. He's there in case something was to happen to Tua, and he plays a similar brand of football to Tua. So that's the reason why he's there. Neither one of them, frankly, would be bad enough, I think, to crater out your Miami skill position players, of which there are several. So we're going to go right into what matters. And I think what matters here, I think the public would agree, is actually the wide receiver room, because you've got yeah. a lot of names here. For the first time in a long time. For the first time in a very long time. We actually have to do this since and be somewhat angry. Yes, it's been that long. It's been like five years since we've had to actually do this seriously. And it's largely because they've kind of revamped this whole room. Will Fuller comes in, is a free agent in the offseason, and instantly becomes the wide receiver one. That's that's where their room was at before this all went down. Will Fuller is now your primary wide receiver uh, for the Miami Dolphins. He will be suspended for one game this season, so you will not have him for week one, should this be something you decide you'd like to invest in. And then as we just kind of whip through, Devontae Parker, he's still there. He's been with the team for quite a while. He has gone from, it's kind of an interesting story. He's gone from being almost out of football entirely to at one point, he was the wide receiver one. <laughs> for the Miami Dolphins. Because again, that's where that room has been historically. They also drafted Jalen Waddell out of Alabama, who say what you will about Jalen Waddell. There's one thing that's, I think, undisputed. The man can fly. Yep. He is incredibly fast. And they definitely like that in Miami, similar to what we discussed yesterday in Las Vegas. Miami is also no stranger to wanting some fast guys on their team. They kind of have a type, I notice. They always want a fast guy. And they also still have Preston Williams. Coming into his third year as a show, we like Preston Williams quite a bit, and uh, he's kind of had an interesting career where he's had a lot of flashes, and he's also had a lot of injuries. 
So he's prevented him from having a whole lot of consistency along the way. Speaking of guys that are fast, they still have they still have Jakeem Grant, which yeah. is why I'm saying they have a type. They they like their fast guys. And also they have Robert Foster, who some of you may remember from his time in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Robert Foster makes the team. Right. So that's really where we're at. I, and Lynn I think, Bowden Jr. Okay, and, 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 my, and Lynn Bowden Jr. And Lynn Bowden Jr. And my favorite stat about Lynn Bowden Jr. is that the Raiders drafted him with a fourth-round pick and then two months later traded him for a sixth-round pick. Well, Lynn Bowden's an interesting one because he's also <laughs> one of those guys that you could talk about in the running back room, which is what I was actually considering doing, but he is listed as a wide receiver now. Yes. So he was listed at one point in his career as a running back. Now they've got him listed as a wide receiver. And yes, to your point. And for that those is- not familiar, he was a rookie last year. In college, he was a quarterback. In Kentucky. Yes. And he wasn't good enough to be drafted as a quarterback and play quarterback in the NFL, but he converted like so many other players have, for example, like a Logan Thomas converting to a different position, but he's too small to play tight end. So they couldn't decide if they wanted him to play running back or receiver and the Raiders in the, at the end of the day, they drafted him, but then they had no idea what to do with him. So they traded him to Miami for, for a loss. Cause it's classic. <laughs> it's classic Raider football folks. This is what you do. And towards the end of the year, uh, Lynn Bowden actually had a pretty good connection going with Tua working out of the slot, but they have since brought in a bunch of guys that have basically relegated him to doing nothing. It's, so. I, he's one of those guys that I was going to get into. It's a name that you probably should know, but mm-hmm. Lynn Bowden is not something that you'll be drafting. Yeah, no but real it's, value there. Yeah, it's something that you probably need to know that it exists uh, at some point, because especially if Miami changes its mind and decides that they want him to be a running back. That would be interesting because they have, we'll, we'll get into their running back situation, but they've got kind of a, a quandary over there as well. But realistically speaking, I think we're mostly talking about, you know, you're talking about Will Fuller and to a lesser extent, you're talking about Devonte Parker. We're not and then Parker. And the, I know, I know we're not, but people do, but it, 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 it kind of goes off a cliff after yeah. that folks. So Will Fuller is the most important one for our website as, as a projection. He's wide receiver 34. But Will Fuller is an interesting conversation because in the past, he's always been so inflated that it's been difficult for either you or I to really want to recommend drafting him to folks. But now, especially with, I think maybe it's a function of him missing a game. Now he's kind of almost gotten to a range where I'm kind of interested. Am I crazy? Talk me off the ledge, Steve. Help me out. You know I'm not a Will Fuller guy. Help me out. Talk me off the ledge. We've had this discussion every year where Will Fuller is going top 20 or he's going in the mid twenties and it's like, Oh, this is the year. This is the year and saying, no, I'm out on it. I can't trust it. He can't stay healthy and he can't be productive when he is last year for the first time in his career, he finally stayed healthy. We were able to see what he can do when he was out there for pretty much a full season. And he was out there for, I believe 12 games before he got suspended for the PEDs. Yes. And in that time, those first 12 weeks. I mean, always finding new and creative ways to miss time. Exactly. That's what it's what he does best. Uh, but Will Fuller during that time frame was a top 12 wide receiver in PPR. Mm-hmm. And I understand it's a new team in a different situation, but he went from being a top 12 wide receiver to going to Miami with Tua, a decent quarterback, not a bad situation, a wide receiver room that you laid out there doesn't have a ton of competition and he just beat out Randall Cobb and Brandon cooks to be a top 12 wide receiver from that wide receiver room. 
So now he is the clear established one in Miami. He is 36 in the ECR, which is just mind-boggling to me. And he's 40 in ADP. A player that is regularly over and overhyped <laughs> is now going about 10 spots lower than I would be willing to take him. I'm good with him at 30 or 31. And I think he has, again, the potential. He's, a, he's the clear-cut one on this team. How often do you get a wide receiver one on a roster this late? in your draft oh it's very rare very, you and i've been playing fantasy football for like 15 yeah. years this might be one of the lowest wide receiver ones that i can remember yeah it's 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 way it's way up there in terms of well especially you get guys that are wide receiver ones that are this low but not guys that have the upside that a will fuller offers you because he's a decent enough route runner at this point that he can actually do all the intermediate stuff in his career to a reasonable acuity but he mm -hmm. still has that top end burst yeah He's still really, really, really fast. So, again, the Dolphins have a type. Yeah. So again, they again, like and fast. It could possibly uh, be the suspension, too. But like you game. mentioned, one game. You're, you're going to miss one game, and then he's well, there the rest until, of the season. Then that's yeah. why I think that we have this conversation. But even still, that's what that. we've talked about for years with Will Fuller. Mm -hmm. And this is us hedging saying that, yeah, even if he misses time on a points-per-game basis, he should be at least a top 30 wide receiver. So for you to take him at 40, you're taking him, I think, below his floor. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying for the first time in Will Fuller's career, I can actually sit here and recommend drafting Will Fuller in fantasy football. It's finally happened. We've turned the corner. Because even though I have him raked at 37, I mean, I've got him in the same tier as the guy who would be 31, right? So you order it however you like, but he's in the same tier. So I would be absolutely fine. And what's hilarious is I have Will Fuller even higher than his ADP. So right. it, it's 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 madness that I'm actually going to sit here for the first time in my career as a fantasy analyst and be say, the yeah, one pounding you, should, the table. Yeah. you should invest in Will Fuller at these prices. These prices are insane. <laughs> Everything must go. It's a fire sale. Wacky, like, waving inflatable tube. Yeah, exactly. This is a, this is one of those like rare opportunities to your point where you can get a wide receiver one with upside at, I mean, the guys that he's being drafted around, you're talking about Curtis Samuel, Debo Samuel. That's another guy who might be a wide receiver one on his team, but it ain't the same upside at all. Mm -hmm. You got he's Devonte Parker is only a little bit lower for, for a lot of people. It's like, no, I would much rather have Will Fuller than Devonte Parker. What's Devonte Parker. We'll talk about it right now. What are your expectations for Devonte Parker? We've outlined what we that think. He Will barely Fuller. makes the team. If that, there you go. Okay. Which is why I have Devontae Parker in like the mid to low 40s. I'm just not interested in it. He's the new wide receiver two for the team. I would argue that is he? Well, that's what they have it on paper. Okay? <laughs> like that's the way they have it on paper. And I, I'm, I have Devontae Parker at wide receiver 60. Okay. I don't, I don't know. If, again, Steve has no interest, folks. He's zero. done with that conversation. That's Devontae Parker is at okay. 48 in the ECR. Well, yeah. So you're just out on it completely. And That's he's at 53 in the ADP. Oh, the public is also out on it completely. There As you they go, should folks. be. All How right. many times do you have to get burned by Devante Parker to finally be done with it? And last year we had a whole discussion for about 20 minutes about how Preston Williams is a better player than Devante and should be the one. And we were right when Preston Williams was healthy. 
but he just kept getting hurt. I know. And the numbers never panned out. Well, and they were really inconsistent because uh, it was early. And even was, then, yeah. they're looking at it saying, okay, Devontae Parker's getting outplayed by our seventh round wide receiver, Preston Williams. Maybe yeah. we should do something about this. And they draft Waddle in the first round and they sign Will Fuller to big money. So I think Will Fuller is the clear cut number one. I think Waddle, as much as I'm not personally a fan of his NFL prospects, I think he's the number two, clearly passing Devontae Parker. And then if Williams can stay healthy, I think he has a good shot on the team. Again, I think Lynn Bowden is a good slot receiver slash gadget guy that they can use whatever they want to do. They have enough guys on this team that they would save enough money by cutting Devontae Parker that that just makes business sense to me where I don't want to draft a player that I don't think could even make the 53. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I don't think he's in danger of being cut. I view this a little bit differently. So I just to put a fine point on this, I have Devonte Parker at 48. So I'm pretty much in line with the ECR based on what you just said. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying to invest in Devonte Parker. He's wide receiver 48. My God, I'm talking about like an 11th, 12th round pick here, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's fine. I think he will open the season as the wide receiver too, because as much as I love Preston Williams, I just don't know that Preston Williams will even be healthy enough to get any kind of meaningful run here in camp because he's not been practicing. He himself has been on the COVID list. He's still hurt. He's basically not practicing at all at this point. And I think he's the one who's in danger of getting cut just by virtue of not being healthy enough to actually contribute on the football field. I agree with you. The conversation then becomes, Jalen Waddle because I have Jalen Waddle only about five spots lower than than uh, than Devonte Parker mm-hmm. and the the issue that I keep going back to and this is why this one is this is a tricky one to unpack the, this whole room because to your point they've got guys they've got Lynn Bowden who could who could ascend Preston yeah. Williams himself could get healthy and we've seen it when he's actually healthy and on the field he had a connection with Tua it's just like that it. It's right there. He just has to get healthy enough to do it. So all of these things do stack up against Devontae Parker, but this is all theory, right? And so Waddle is the one that's interesting to me because if there was anybody that I think has the best shot to just bury Devontae Parker and take that job, it's him because they invested in him. And yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Waddle either as far as like a skill set. But again, it doesn't really matter if I'm a fan or not. Miami clearly thought enough of him to draft him like in the first round. So he's going to play. It's just a question of can he play enough and meaningfully enough to just remove Devontae Parker. See, I think Devontae Parker's playing likely playing elsewhere next season. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. and then this won't be a conversation anymore. It'll be Waddle is the two. Dare to dream. <laughs> well, no. For you, dare to dream would be Devontae Parker is out of football. So we just don't have to discuss it again. Oh, we just oh, talked about. I thought you were saying like when we have our, our CFL podcast, like that's. Oh. Or, or you, maybe we'll. Uh, did you just blank out the the Las Vegas show from yesterday? Because I tell you right now, like he ain't gonna XFL, be out. The, yeah, yeah, the you, XFL podcast. Did you just block that out because he'll be starting for Las Vegas next year, my friend. You, you, you. I'm telling you right He's now. Get your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's not fast enough to. Make uh, he's the about team as fast as Nelson Aguilar. They had him. It's fine. That's uh, he's about that fast. 
Uh, you you know I'm right. He'll be yeah. playing somewhere with, with with who needs like a veteran body out there. Mm-hmm. He won't be out of football. We'll be talking about this somewhere else. It just won't matter for fantasy purposes because it won't be good enough to crack the depth chart in a way that he'll be draftable. Right. And so at this point, the conversation I think is around Waddle. So where where are you in terms of like do, are Waddle something you're kind of targeting? I heard where you had him ranked, but when you get to that tier. How does he fare within the tier, right? Are you excited about getting Waddle at what you're willing to pay? Or are you kind of like, eh, not really interested? I, I have Jalen Waddle a tier above uh, Devontae Parker. so But he's in the same class as Terrace Marshall. M excited about? And Elijah Moore? Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown? There are, there's a lot of rookies in that back-end tier that tier eight, but also guys like Mims Rager who struggled last season. So basically I have him in a whole tier of guys that are my rookies dart throws that are upside. Like I don't have to pay a lot to own a share of them. And at the same time, the upside is maybe they turn into the one or the two on their team with enough volume to be a regular starter. All right. See, and there, and there you go. So basically what we're saying is, because I'm, I'm in broadly the same boat. I have, I have Jalen Waddle at 53, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just because I'm kind of hedging between Parker and right. Waddle because it's like they're right there. And Waddle is the one that I would be probably more excited about getting at that relative, you know, 80, but, at that relative ranking point. But what about the ADPs? Yeah, I, I was going to say, so question. 53 is Parker in ADP. Miami has Will Fuller in the ADP at 40. As we talked about, yes, Jalen Waddle is at forty-four. So people in the general public are drafting Jalen Waddle basically as the one in Miami, and that's why he is, and that's what's pushing Will Fuller down the list. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it doesn't make sense in the way that, like, but no, I, get, I mean, I mathematically, get the mechan- I get the mechan- yeah, I get the mechanism, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're wrong, but I get the mechanism. Yeah, Jalen Waddle in the ECR, by the way, is fifty-three. So he's going 10 spots ahead of his ECR yeah, rank. So there you go. I'm right in line with Waddle on the ECR. Me and the ECR shaking hands. Okay. That make that. Yeah, and I'm a little bit lower than the ECR and you. So, and so, is, and so is our projection, by the way. Yeah. So that, that makes, you know, that, that make, that would track. So it, it makes a certain amount of sense, but I, I think to really just to put a fine, we've talked a lot about these guys because there's frankly, their names to know, right? We don't, there's not a lot of clarity here beyond my God, Will Fuller is a bargain of a lifetime this season. Uh, stay away from Devontae Parker, I think, for both of us. Ultimately, I'm a little more bullish on it than than Steve is. But realistically, I'm also telling you to stay away. Like, don't don't worry about it. And then Waddle, we're also going to tell you to stay away based on that information that he's going up in the 40s. Because for me, and, for, and it sounds like for you, there are just guys going in that area above him that I would feel better about. More established players. Maybe guys that don't even necessarily have his ceiling, but I'd rather have Darnell Mooney, I think would be a good a good broad comparison, right? Younger guy hmm. type of thing there that would be going in the 40s. You know what I mean? Something like that. So, And then realistically, is there anything else that excites you? I know there's no way you're drafting Preston Williams. It's a name to know, same as Lynn Bowden. No. Well, then at that point, Steve, I think we're going to talk about your boyfriend. So prepare yourself for it because I think it's time oh, yeah. to, uh, to talk about running back here. All right. And well, 
I suppose we could talk about Mike Gusecki if you want. I was going to say, I yeah. thought you were just going to go to re- just all receivers and get But if you want to go running back. No, again. we'll cover, we'll cover Gusecki real quick because there isn't mm-hmm. that much to say about it, frankly. He's, yeah. he's the, he's a, a reasonable pass catcher for them. He will be the primary tight end. And I've got him at tight end 12 in our projections. He's tight end 11. He's right in that, that group of guys that you, you missed out on the big name tight ends and you're kind of waiting you kind of punted the position a little bit. Grab Mike Isecki. He has very little competition for this job, and they seem to like him quite a bit. Tua trust him, and he's looked good in camp, and he's looked good in the preseason, but it's not something I would get overly excited about. Now, he's in my Jared Cook, Irv Smith, Evan Ingram tier of, okay, like they're, they're my starter, I guess. I have to have a weekly starter. That's it. He's, he's a, an okay tight end not athletically gifted he's just a body yeah and his hands are fine but they're not amazing yeah and like he again he's better than some of these back-end guys like uh i don't know i'd rather have him than austin or gronk at his current age and all the mouths they have to feed over there yeah but uh, rather have him than jared cook again it's it's a touchdown dependent guy i don't going to command a lot of targets especially with what they've added now in the wide receiver room passing out of the backfield so he'll be fine just not excited about it (laughs) (laughs) exactly which is why i was kind of just going to gloss over it a little bit but we've covered it at this point so now we'll talk about your boyfriend talk about the miami back the miami backfield so we've got miles gaskin coming off a really nice season last year out of nowhere not he got overshadowed by James Robinson, right? Yeah. Like if James Robinson didn't exist in 2020, we'd probably have spent a lot more time talking about Miles Gaskin, given what he was able to accomplish. They went out in the off season and they brought in Malcolm Brown, yep. uh, formerly with the Rams. Malcolm Brown has played, he, well, he's played meaningful football in his career, <laughs> but I agree to a large extent. What to do? Yes. Uh, uh, he, he does play meaningful football though. He is an NFL level player. And then they also have Salvin Ahmed still Savon waiver Ahmed. wire. Savon, excuse me, I always do that. Savon Ahmed. Yeah, everybody uh, does. It's a- I know. Waiver wire <laughs> darling from last year, Savon Ahmed. He yeah. uh, he burst onto the scene a little bit when uh, when when Gaskin got a little nicked up, and they were kind of rotating guys through. So he can play. He's a uh, he's a he's also an NFL level player. So they kind of have a three headed monster with these guys. I know for you from talking about you know in the background about this that I know you're you're banking on the uh, the Miles Gaskin kind of repeat train here to return to form. So is that, has that changed at all? Has anything changed between when we talked about this back in like May, the last time to now? Uh, not particularly. Um, uh, again, miles, miles Gaskin and the season that he's, he had last year. It's, it's really hard for me to, to talk about it and not get excited about the season that he put together and the prospect that he could have this year. Because I, I, like you said, not only did James Robinson kind of overshadow it, but then he got hurt for a while there. And he missed weeks 9 through 12. He also missed weeks 14 through 15. All right. But last season, Miles Gaskin played in 10 full games for Miami, and he averaged 16.4. PPR points per game. So if you're looking at just uh, running backs who played at least 10 games, 
on a points per game basis, Miles Gaskin was RB12. And I normally you would say, okay, so maybe he just had a couple of big games. He had one game over 30 points, and he only had one game under 10. And that one game under 10 was a 9.2. So it's not even like it crushed you. <laughs> Almost made it. He's extremely consistent, and he has the ability to have a boom week as well. And it didn't matter who was in it quarterback. It didn't matter who the opponent was. Miles Gaskin just consistently puts up numbers. So he is a guy that on a points per game basis, like I said, last year was a top 12 running back when he was playing. And now coming into this season, he's being drafted at RB 21 and he's ranked in the ECR at RB 20. I have him at 19, but I have him at the back end of that tier three in those RB twos that I feel really good about leading my roster. It's funny. I also have him at 19 and I have mm-hmm. him. He's, he's one spot before the tier cuts off. Cause Daryl Henderson is where the tier cuts off at 20. Yeah. So there you go. It's, it's a very similar type of feeling from my end. I think he's the undisputed lead back really. And he'll get some help, right? Like, you know, Malcolm Brown will go out there and catch some passes and take some work. And, you know, I think what really it hurts is, you know, I think Savan Ahmed is really relegated to like, if something was to happen, to either one of those guys, he would step up and then he yep. would matter. But realistically, Savan Ahmed does not matter for redraft purposes. It's just a name right. you need to know. Malcolm Brown, I think, ends up being the backup. That's what we've seen so far through camp and also through the first preseason game that they it's looking like Malcolm Brown's going to be your backup running back here. And it's a name to know. But again, I don't even know that I view him as like a handcuff. Do you? Do you really want to no. roster Malcolm Brown? He has no value to me in such a way that and I think if something was to happen to Gaskin, the two of them, Ahmed and Brown, would share that job. So then maybe they might fringe matter, each of them, maybe, kind of, but not really too much. So it's really Gaskin for me, and then I think you can leave the rest of it out there. Yep. But I would be very excited, just like you, to land Gaskin as my second running back, because I'd feel yeah, like I was 100%. set. I was set at that point. We're good. And as we've kind of talked about here, I think just to put a fine point on it, we're expecting... Miami to be able to move the ball, you know, mm-hmm. like we're expecting them to take a, a step forward with two in year two and some of the rebuild on the wide receiver room. And they still have Gasecki, and they're going to be able to move the ball. So I think there'll be opportunities for them. And I think even though the defense isn't, you know, fantastic, right? Like it's, it's a lot better than the other defenses that we've talked about. Yeah. So I think they will have a shot to actually like run the ball in meaningful games. You know what I mean? So I'm not worried about this devolving into like a Tua has to throw it 40 times a game if they're going to compete type of situation like some of the other teams that we've covered so far. Mm-hmm. The Dolphin defense should be good enough that they'll be playing with enough of a lead that you're not worried about Miles Gaskin suddenly just disappearing from the game because they're getting yeah. crushed. Right. So beyond that, Steve, is there anything else you want to cover? Because I think no, I mean, that that puts the bow on it there. Yeah. And so check out the defense, by the way, they're for me in that that tier of defenses that outside the top 10 that could actually finish inside the top 10 type of thing. I don't know that they have the juice to finish as the number one overall, obviously, but could be a nice little value at defense and will likely have pretty good matchups for streaming along the way. So I'm low key, a little bit interested in that. And then, uh, their kicker is still Jason Sanders. It doesn't matter. So don't, yeah, don't worry about any of that. <laughs> so 
realistically, I think I think what we've learned is that Steve has decided that Devontae Parker's career is over and yeah. is hoping yep. that that happens as quickly as humanly possible so we no mm-hmm. longer have to discuss it. Don't overpay for Jalen Waddle because I don't know what people are doing with that. And get all the Will Fuller shares that you possibly can. And I'm going to co-sign all of that. So get ready, folks, because this will be a this should be a lot more of an entertaining Miami team than what we've got over the last what? <sighs> I was going to say ten years. Yeah, like this is pretty much the best the best squad. So get ready for that because I'm expecting some firepower. It should be entertaining. And what's 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 going to be possibly less entertaining is tomorrow's show. But we'll make it entertaining because that's what we're here to do. It's why we get the big bucks. But tomorrow, for the listener, we're going to be breaking down the Minnesota Vikings. So stay tuned for that. Get all that Adam Thielen information that your soul has been crying out for. Get it all in here. We will catch you tomorrow. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!